hope you had an amazing, amazing weekend. Good to see you all, and uh, glad to have you with us. You know what? I really want to see uh, this morning. I noticed over the weekend that the Facebook avatar, the Facebook avatar, was taking off like nobody's business. In fact, I saw quite a few uh, complaints about the Facebook avatar. And you know something? If you have a Facebook avatar, we would love to see your Facebook avatar in the comments. Just take it, paste it, put it right down into the comments. We want to have a good life. I've got a little avatar I'd like to show you, my own avatar, in just a few moments here. But uh, we want to wait. Hope you had a great weekend. My son turned five over the weekend. We had a party for him. We actually... Uh, we, uh, had a little, uh, small party. Two of his friends came that he hadn't seen. He had, my son has not seen any of his kids, uh, his, his friends that are kids in probably two months. So he had an amazing weekend. Hope you had an amazing weekend. Want to see those Facebook avatars. Go ahead and post them. We want to see what those look like today. I want to tell you also about the top 10 myths, myths of successful ministry, successful youth ministry, and uh, you know, there's always a ton of uh, just people out there trying to tell you what you need to do, what you need to be, how you need to act to have successful youth ministry, and so today I want to talk to you about the top 10 myths. we got some birthdays. Oh, we've got a giveaway to today. Just a second. Let me grab it here. We're going to be giving... We're going to be giving away a great book, Growing Young. This is where the top 10 myths of successful youth ministry come from. So you're going to want to check out this book. Uh, this is a research-based book from Kara uh, Powell. She is an Assemblies of God minister, and she's part of the Fuller Youth Institute at uh, Fuller University, Fuller Seminary. Uh, they take, took a look at 363 churches that have a successful, uh, uh, it's kind of, the book's called Growing Young, and the idea is that they are having success with teenagers, not just in their youth ministry, but throughout their entire church. Teenagers are a successful uh, portion of who their church is, and they're seen throughout the life of the church. And so they've taken a look at 363 churches, and so we're going to talk, uh, in the first chapter they talk about uh, top 10 things that you don't need in order to have a successful youth ministry. I'm calling it the top 10 myths of successful youth ministry. Let's see those Facebook avatars. I did mine, and uh, I don't know. I personally, I don't really see the resemblance. I don't see the likeness. Here we go. Facebook avatar. What do you think? I just, I'm just not seeing it, but uh, people have made that uh, comparison in the past. I just, I'm not seeing it personally. Top 10 myths of successful youth ministry. Number one myth, size matters. That size matters, that you've got to have a big church or you've got to have a small church. You've got to have a just right size church. Kara Powell writes, we saw no statistical relationship between church size and effectiveness at youth ministry. What does that mean? If you're in a small church, you can have a successful youth ministry. If you're in a big church, you can have a successful youth ministry. If you're in a medium-sized church, you can have a successful ministry. Myth number two, 
Myth number two of successful youth ministry is that location matters. Location matters. Kara Powell writes that the data did find some churches flourishing near large urban centers. However, uh, there were also robust youth ministries happening in rural churches and in uh, out in the middle of nowhere. So it doesn't really matter if you're in a super trendy, growing location. If you're in a more rural location, you can have successful youth ministry. Myth number three, younger churches are better at youth ministry. Some people think that you have to have a younger church to have a better youth ministry, a newer church plant, a fresher style. The truth was their research found successful youth ministry in churches over 100 years old and in church plants. So it doesn't really matter. Here's a great myth about ministry in general, that it's better to be an independent church. Uh, That if you're going to have a successful ministry, you're going to have a successful youth ministry, don't be denominational. This is a myth. A lot of Christian leaders have said this. It seems like Christian people want to believe it. But it just doesn't show it to be true in the research. Kara Powell says, when we started our study, we wondered if the churches that rose to the top would skew towards a particular denominational or non-denominational leaning. It's true that some denominations are shrinking or aging faster than average, but our fear was unfounded. There's no need to apologize if you're part of a denomination or not. It doesn't really make a difference and having successful youth ministry. Now, I'm honored personally to be a part of a great fellowship, the Assemblies of God. Myth number five. This is a super important one for everybody watching out there. You have Here's the myth. You have to be hyper trendy or off the charts cool to be an effective youth pastor. False. False. Uh, a lot of people have felt that way. A lot of people have worked hard to stay trendy, to be cool. Uh, here's what the research from Growing Young says. She said, Kara Powell writes, Granted, several of the congregations and leaders bubbling to the top of our research have a certain hip factor, but those were in the minority. For young people today, relational warmth is the new cool. I love this saying. Warm is the new cool. When it comes to teenagers today, Gen Z in particular, you don't have to be cool. You don't have to be off the charts cool or hyper cool in order to make a difference, in order to be a good youth pastor. But you do have to like teenagers. If you like teenagers, that's the most important thing. Warm is the new cool. It actually makes me feel a little weird when I see youth pastors over the age of 40 or even younger, working really hard to stay cool. After all, we should be following Jesus, not trends. Doesn't mean you shouldn't be culturally relevant, be able to speak a student's language, be able to understand what they're saying. But you understand what I'm saying? If you're following trends that much, it's not really that important. Uh, Number six, myth number six, you need a great state-of-the-art facility or building. Not true. The majority of effective churches studied in this book, uh, gather in decent but not spectacular spaces. Um, less, uh, excuse me, for teenagers and young adults, feeling at home transcends having a state of the art building. A lot of churches with successful youth ministries don't even own their own buildings, they don't even own their own meeting space. They're meeting in schools or community centers or living rooms. And so again, it's that idea, warm is the new cool. Uh, Number seven myth, 
for uh, having a successful youth ministry. You've got to have a big budget. Myth. That is a myth. Churches that are successfully attracting young people, successfully integrating young people proportionally into their church, whose congregations reflect a population of young people, uh, are most often... uh, don't have huge budgets. They are financially resourced in some way, um, but even less resourced congregations can have successful youth ministry. Less resourced congregations creatively support young people in other ways, proving that a small budget does not have to mean a small impact. Myth number eight, you've got to have the latest worship music. And... um, I see Kyle Dross is asking, does a mullet help? Asking for a friend. I think, Kyle, in your case, a mullet would help. And I want to encourage you, please, grow a mullet and show us that picture. Uh, Myth number eight, you've got to have the latest worship music. Now, I love worship music. I love good worship music with theologically sound lyrics. I like the latest worship music when it follows those uh, two stipulations. But... It doesn't necessarily mean that um, it's going to be the best thing. In fact, here's what I've found, uh, especially if, you're, if your church is attracting the lost, they don't know the difference between the newest worship music and the oldest worship music. They don't know what that is. Uh, and so uh, the data from this study indicated that many young people, including some of you and me, myself, are drawn to casual and contemporary worship. Others are drawn to what she says are the smells and bells of high church liturgy and everything in between. And we've talked about this before here on the podcast, and we've met referenced the book before, uh, Sacred Pathways and Spiritual Temperaments and How People Relate to God. Some people love the newer styles of worship. Some people love more traditional things. Regardless, you can have a successful youth ministry even if you don't have the latest worship. I was in a couple Zoom youth group meetings in the last week. One of them was singing some um, a mix of new worship songs and worship songs that came from uh, probably about 20 years ago. Songs that were like uh, pretty hot in worship when I first started in youth ministry, like Better Is One Day. I enjoyed it, but I was watching the students in the Zoom call. They enjoyed it too. So that's a valid point. Myth number nine, this is super important. Myth number nine, you have to dumb down your message. You have to dumb down your message for teenagers. That is a myth, and actually it is probably hurting your youth ministry if you're doing that. It is probably not helping your youth ministry. Uh, Kara Powell writes, it's often assumed that we have to whitewash the teachings of Jesus and somehow make them seem less radical in order to appeal to teenagers and young adults. That's not what the research found. For today's young people, growing young doesn't mean uh, we talk about Jesus or the cost of following him less. In fact, you should be talking about Jesus more how radical his message was, how radical his call was. It doesn't help you to dumb down the message. It doesn't help you to not use scripture. It probably hurts you if you're doing those things. Number 10, this was the number 10 of the top 10 myths of successful youth ministry. You need a hyper-entertaining 
ministry program. That is a myth. And ultimately, when you think about it, the entertainment options that are available today to teenagers in our culture are endless. Endless. Kara Powell writes, we don't have to compete. If we try, we will certainly lose, almost certainly lose. The research highlighted that faith communities offer something different than entertainment, something more substantive, something more meaningful. So again, that's the top 10 myths of successful youth ministry. I drew it from the book Growing Young. We're going to give away this book to someone here watching and commenting today. The myths were that size matters. No, it doesn't. Location matters. No, it doesn't. That younger churches are better than older churches at youth ministry. No, they aren't. Uh, that it's better to be an independent church. False. That you have to be hyper trendy or off the charts cool to be an effective youth pastor. No, not true. That you need a great state-of-the-art building. False. That you need a big budget. False. You've got to have the latest worship music. False. You don't have to dump. You have to dumb down your message. Totally false. You need a hyper entertaining ministry program. False. So hey, if that's you, be encouraged today. I want to encourage everybody. Keep doing a great job. We want to say happy birthday today to Nia Jalot. Happy birthday, Nia at CLC in Ben Salem, just outside of the city of Philadelphia. And we want to say happy birthday. Her birthday is on Tuesday. And we want to say happy birthday to Megan Elaine, who is the youth leader at Life Discovery Church in McSherrystown down in Adams County. Her birthday is on Sunday. Happy birthday, Megan Elaine. And we want to say a big congratulations to Adam and Katie Olson, who've announced they are expecting the birth of their first child later this year in the fall. So congratulations, Adam and Katie. We're thrilled with you. A couple reminders. Youth Camp, we're moving fully forward with Youth Camp July 6th through the 10th. Registration is scheduled to open June 4th. We have new forms. We want to have those out to you by the end of this week. And uh, we just need to add some COVID language to those forms and we'll also we should have a price date for what it's going to cost us to do digital youth camp and to participate in that so uh, be on the lookout for that new aim dates for the philly dream center august 4th through the 8th the application deadline has been moved back to that to july the 1st and uh, i want to let you know we're praying for all of you keep up the great work that you're doing don't be weary in doing good but keep at it and uh, thanks for watching today. Here's what I want to do as far as giving away this book. Is there a particular myth that you've believed in? Is there a particular myth that you've bought into that you found to be false? There's a lot of myths I just read that were like super touted when I was in Bible college through the Purpose Driven Church book and things like that. And they just haven't really held out to be true. They were opinions. They worked in one situation or another. What are some myths that you've believed in or bought into? Go ahead and comment on that. And of course, post your Facebook avatars. We want to see those avatars. Mine is, uh, some of you are saying it's spot on, but uh, I don't know. Have a great Monday. Have a great week.